0: Sport City, Sports City, chef, chef. Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, Sports City, chefs, City, Sports City, Sports City, yes Lord. we got a brand new present, Joe Biden, we riding, I pray you haven't seen. word from the wise, my people stay ahead of. come on, I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements, it ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it, case goes from cold to hot states, Boom, sports city chefs is in the room Cooking up hot topics to put up on your the spoon They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June Superman verse and it's doom, the clouds loom To so tell a friend, it's the sports city chefs again Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again Sports city, sports city chefs, chefs
2: The uh. Uh, 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 uh. He took off his blades and loosened up the tie, stepped aside the kitchen. Timeless is a alive. What City, what's going on? It's your boy, T.P. Timeless. We are back here at the end of the middle of the year. We are now in July 2nd. Uh, the calling number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. We got you locked and loaded in here for the next couple of minutes. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you are here with the chefs. We are going to get a word from the sponsor and get along with this show.
0: Please hold.
1: This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company
0: provides unique designs and high-quality
1: clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act Now and listeners can
0: use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at PHIapparel.co. That's PHIapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act Now while supplies last.
2: Also, please tune into the website, SportsCityChefs.com. We do have the NBA free agency tracker there as well. We will be diving into a lot of this stuff that is going down in this dog on mayhem, frenzy, whatever you want to call this. But this is the way the world is spinning in the basketball world, especially uh, from some of the teams that we love the most. I do have my chef here, my co-host, Mr. Harvey, in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning?
1: Man, I'm always feeling good on a Sunday morning where I get to chop it up with you and have brunch uh so uh i'm doing well man thanks for
2: having me okay, okay i'm glad i'm glad we got you to get your coffee man we had to get him we had to roll him out we had to we had to sportsman don't worry man we had to find him somewhere in the world and get him ready for the world so okay so we're going to get into this the best way we can um i'm i'm actually struggling right now because i have several of my devices that are down but i've got one that's helping me so first and foremost the uh in the Shawn Strickland comes off with a, a big win in the second round up against uh Mergeta, I can't even pronounce this last name I really think this is like one of Khabib's family members or or could be like one of his training partners I, I'm not sure but um he knocked him out in the second and um Sean Strickland is now uh clamoring for the big fight and he's looking for Israel Adesanya um I remember an interview we had a few weeks or months ago saying basically um, every time he got hit by uh, Israel, because I guess he sparred or trained with him, it was like the the guy was about to kill him. He basically was saying he's going to lose. But now he's saying he's ready for the fight, especially after winning this fight. And the last two fights that he's had, it's always been like they want to see a tune-up guy take him out or a stepping stone guy take him out. He's been able to get rid of him, so he basically talked a good amount of junk. and and backed it up because he's won these fights, uh, basically respectfully calling out the championship or title fight. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on Sean Strickland, uh, the performance and and where he goes moving forward. Do you think he's ready for Adesanya?
1: So I'm impressed with Strickland, man. Like, you know, he talked it and he backed it up, right? And so, I mean, a lot of times when you start climbing up the rankings, uh, oftentimes, You get to five or six. Sometimes they make you win one more against like who could be a perceived number one contender or one or two contender right there. Uh, Occasionally they do make you fight one more before you get that title shot. However, Adesanya has pretty much beaten everybody at this division. So you could do a gatekeeper fight with, you know, a couple of those top guys that he's beaten before. Uh, But then if he doesn't win, then that kind of messes up your money, too. And Strickland, he can sell, right? Like, I mean, as far as uh, he's done enough that it would be talked about, uh, this would be a hyped fight, and I'm quite sure they would give you some fireworks in the lead-up to that fight as well. So, I mean, at this point, when you look at what he's done in that weight class – you know, and the fact that just kind of run over everybody that he's needed to, uh, I'm like, why not Why not give the kid a chance to, uh, to fight him? It's not like there's any other just budding star in that weight class that you would feel like, okay, this guy's number one, two, three contender. We're kind of giving him the shaft. He hasn't had a chance yet. We're letting some young buck jump over him. I don't even think that's the case, right, which would be one of the few uh, reasons – whether you think he's not ready or you feel like you would be uh, screwing somebody over, like, that's, uh, you know, on the five rungs above him on the ladder, considering he's number six right now. And I don't think either one of those is the case, so why not let him hook up? I think it'll be entertaining for sure, right? Like, and they'll both bring action.
2: What about Pereira? Do you think Pereira fits in the in – the realm of things, to fight in Strickland. I mean, Pereira beat Adesanya. Adesanya redeemed himself win winning that, that comeback fight after losing amateur and losing in a professional rank and really basically having to make a name for himself to get him back. Do you think Pereira is lost in this sauce, or do you think he gets to get this type of fight up against Strickland reprove himself to get to Israel? Your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, so that's an interesting thing to me because I could see them saying, okay, Strickland, you need to walk through this guy. Uh, but then I could see if they think there's money to be made there, maybe Ferrer fights one other time against somebody else, and then he gets the winner of that fight. So, no, I, I think with him having gotten a win, even though he lost the last time, with him having gotten a win previously, uh, I I don't think he can get lost in the sauce here. It, it's also not like he's kind of over the hill or, or done, which, you know, kind of happened to go with Shira kind of once he lost his title at uh, 205. But I, I don't think that's the case here. I, I think he will be still in that championship picture for a while. They may have him. They may have him fight one more time. Um, but I think if Israel doesn't fight, Strickland maybe a trilogy fight for Ferreira
2: is the answer. Either way, I, I want to see Ferreira get back in there because Ferrera's a good fighter, and and I feel like Israel either offers him another fight to get the trilogy going or Pereira fights Strickland, see how that goes. And then they walk into Israel because Strickland kind of feels that that situation could potentially happen, that they throw another fight in front of him and then he gets to fight Israel. But he's basically saying that he's done all he needed to do. He's ready for the title fight with Israel. So I understand Strickland and everything he's saying, but there are some names that are still there that, uh, can make this pretty much more interesting, especially the paths that these guys are on. So I don't want them to miss the ball by any means on this situation. Okay, so we'll get away from that as best we possibly can. Please forgive me because everything is moving slow for me today due to technical difficulties. But I will get into the MLB, how things stand across the board. I will start from top to bottom. Too much of this has not changed. Uh the Tampa Bay Rays are fifty seven and twenty nine, leading the entire MLB. The Baltimore Orioles are now forty eight and thirty-three. They are six and a half back. The New York Yankees are forty six and thirty seven. They are nine and a half back. The Toronto Blue Jays are forty five and thirty nine. They are eleven back. And the Boston Red Sox are sitting at five hundred, forty two or 42, 14 games back, uh three or seven out of their last ten. They had a good little run going on and they fell apart. Uh, as of late, but they are now on a two-game winning streak. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the AL East at this point in time?
1: So one thing I'm going to do today, TP, is we kind of run through these divisions, so it's not to repeat. uh, I'm going to throw out there, too, that we are right at the halfway point um, of the regular season. So, I mean, obviously things change or people have better or worse second halves. But for me, when I look at, uh, like, the standings, this is where I kind of start doubling things for like projected stats and wins. Like the Rays are a little bit over halfway, uh, so they're still on pace to, you know, be around that 108 to 110 win total. Um, the other interesting piece uh, for me with the Rays is you would you would have won a lot of money if you put money on Andy Diaz leading the uh, leading the American League in hitting. Uh, at this point, though, he is a very good hitter. Uh, I hope nothing seriously wrong with Shane McClellan as he just went on the uh, IL. Was He didn't get, look very good at all in his last outing, so I don't know if we got a little arm fatigue or hopefully nothing else serious is going on there as they've already lost a couple of guys in that uh, rotation. Uh, man, that's a funny division, man. Uh, Toronto plays well throughout the week, and then Boston gets hammered in their last two series, and now Boston comes in and wins the first two against Toronto. And Baltimore, who just played, uh, you know, had really started to bounce back. They dropped two uh, this weekend to Minnesota, as we'll get to them. And uh, just looking at that division, Yankees still, uh, you know, third-place team, uh, but still the best division uh, in the league. But Yandy Diaz is really the main league leader in – in any of those uh, major hitting categories that jump out to me.
2: Yes, the AOE, the both division in baseball. The interesting thing is watching this injury happen to Aaron Judge, I want to see the timetable of it because it's a ligament in his toe and he's trying to force himself back. I don't, I'm don't, i not sure if that's a smart thing, especially the money that they invested in him, um, but the mystique around him trying to say basically – they don't perform well when he's not there. That's big, especially with the Blue Jays being a game and a half behind them. The Yankees could get caught, and it could get extremely interesting to see the Yankees around All Star breaks start to fall close to the you know the bottom of the division. So, I don't think it can happen. They do have a, a quality bunch of names that could help them survive, but it really is something that that mystique around the Jersey '99 that they need him there. Um, just get them dressed and don't have them play. Just, just have players show up. I don't I don't know what to say because a lot of these people are falling apart. Uh, Josh Donaldson and, and Aaron Boone are basically trying to reconcile their relationship within the uh, dugout. And, you know, I guess he's trying to inspire them to play better, but Donaldson has definitely been the one that a lot of the Yankee, you know, world been trying to get past and move on from. So I want to see how this does end up happening. When do the Rays slow down? when do they slow down? Everybody else is like coming to earth and you're starting to figure them out. They could lose a game here. They can let go of a series and lose two games. The Rays are electric all season long. I, I got to give them credit for the, the ways they've been able to wire the wire this thing so far. I really don't want to jinx them by saying that, but um, so far, so good. And the story of the league, but and this is the crazy part. They're the story of the league, but nobody's really paying attention to it. Like, like the purists, the people that speak about the sport, yes, we are talking about it, but like Everybody else is talking about everything else, like which we'll end up getting into all of the teams across the board. But I, I don't think the Rays are getting the respect that they deserve for them to be going crazy this year. Okay, so the next thing I have is a thing that's so close to me, but unfortunately I'm extremely angry at everything that's going on. But the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins, are still atop the Division 42 and 42, sitting at 500. The crazy part is that they let the Guardians catch up and take the lead for a day, and then the Guardians started to slip up again. The Guardians are now 40 or 42 a game back. The Detroit Tigers are 36 to 46, five games back. The White Sox are 36 to 49, six and a half back. And the Royals are 24 59, 17 and a half back. And wish the Royals did pull off a big win that I appreciate. So thank you, Kansas City, for pulling off a big win the other day. We sure enough needed it. Um, I don't to get stuck too long on the Twins, even though it's an unfortunate situation because I love them. But uh, the crazy part is that they're struggling so bad that they had a players-only meeting closed out the media. I guess they face a fine for not even letting the media address them. And uh been playing pretty well in Maryland. Uh, they picked up two so far up against Baltimore. And like I said, Baltimore is the second place in the AL East. So, that's a good-natured thing right now. I doubt that they pull off the sweep today. If they could pull off the sweep, I'm I'm electric off of that. But I, I don't think the Twins could do it. But, however, it's been very interesting. It's, it's something about the Twins, especially when they are in front of the division. they got to make it interesting to have a team in their rear view to keep the chase going. And, and if that, that is really the AL central. Even though it's bad this year, win total, so on and so forth, it's always something interesting at the top to when they wait till the end of September when they start to pull away and who really is the, you know, the man that beats the man, in the words of Ric Flair at this point in time. But um, the one guy for the Twins that I love and I'm happy for, one, is, is my guy, Max Kepler. He's been able to get a couple of shots. He's been able to hit home runs, but I don't know if that's able to save him. And two, the other guy that I'd I've, I've be kind of fan favorite of as well is Joey Gallo. This guy's hitting bombs and, and this is what I've been waiting for. And then it's like, Rocco, why were you taking him out of the lineup and then having to have him find himself again it, It's questionable. But these pitchers have actually been pitching well. Pablo Lopez finally got a good start in a win. He finally got a win and barely over the person that a lot of people haven't heard about. This guy's a six foot nine, six ten pitcher and he's young, just starting his career out and he's actually picking up big wins on the road, so but this is me getting too personal. Let me get out of this Minnesota sleeve that I got on my body. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the AL Central, top to bottom from the Royals at the bottom all the way up to the top where the Guardians are chasing the Twins as well. Well,
1: Kansas City still a ways away, but getting the young guys experience, uh, listen, six and a half games separate one through four in that division. And I, though I don't think the White Sox are going to be there, Uh, Any of these teams I mean I feel like that margin Is reachable For anybody in this division Uh, Looking at Detroit They're about to get Rodriguez back And about to get a couple pieces back Uh, I'm not sure Yet when Riley Green is coming back But that's another uh, piece for them I mean the two teams uh, That were supposed to be at the bottom Are third and fifth uh, White Sox still underachieving We'll see uh, looking at Cleveland, man, like, you know, they bringing up young pitchers, trying to cycle some guys through and figure out, you know, who's going to stick for them. Uh, offensively, they've been a little bit better, but we're still with some guys struggling. And then looking at your twins, man, uh, they had a uh, tough week uh, in Atlanta this week, but I saw some very encouraging signs. I was really impressed with the way and Maeda threw the ball. On, I guess that would have been Wednesday. Yeah, on Wednesday, I was impressed with the way Maeda threw the ball. Uh, Joe Ryan just had one bad start. That's sort of a one-off. Like, um, he just didn't have a good day. But I, I expect him to pitch well next time out. And you guys have Gray going today uh, to get that sweep. But, you know, great bounce back, winning a couple games uh, in Baltimore this weekend. Uh, for you guys, that's a nice way to, Come back off of a tough series in the midweek, and I mean, I still think at the end of the day, this is the Twins' division to to lose. Uh, but I, like I said, I'm encouraging my A getting back. I like what I've been get, seeing out of Ryan. I still think you know, Sonny Gray's been having a good year. You just mentioned Bailey Ober. I think they have enough in that starting rotation that if this team can continue to hit the ball enough and cut down on the strikeout some, like, I feel like this is still their division. Uh, And as far as main categories in this division, Luis Robert from the White Sox, who missed a chunk of time due to injury is like third in the NASH in the American league with 24 home runs. So uh, yeah, he's on pace to hit over 40 and I mean, Technically, I guess you could say since he missed several games due to injury, he may technically be on a per-game pace to hit 50. So uh, there's always been a lot of talk if him and Jimenez could stay healthy, what kind of numbers they could put up. Robert starting to show flashes of it, and Jimenez has been on the field a little bit more. So uh, look out for those guys. Uh, offensively for the – I then with the Twins, man, Jose Miranda coming back up, going to play third base today. Uh, and bat seventh is Royce Lewis is just now gone on the uh, ten, day, ten day IL, so Jose Miranda getting another shot in the major leagues.
2: Yeah. If this dude Royce Lewis cannot stop playing recklessly. Like this guy is just one of the more put your heart on the field type players, and something crazy always happens to him. I just remember a short little while ago, he got injured for trying to leg out you know, a ground ball to first and fell on the top of his head trying to dig it out. It's like, it's, uh, I get it. You're trying to do it all on the line, but please, we need you. You're a big bat. You're, you're a big bat, man. We need you. So hopefully Jose could come back and shake all of the butterflies and jitters out because that's what they sent him down for because he was, you know, booting the ball and having errors and wasn't hitting well as well. But he needed to be a part of that doggone players only meeting two if they're going to bring him back. But it's good to see that Kepler's been able to get a couple home runs out to help build that aura, like something. I don't want to see Max go, as much as as much as he's been struggling real bad. He's batting a hundred, but he's been cracking the ball out of late and getting it out of the park. That's the reason why I like Max Kepler because he has a great eye for the ball and he's a former tennis player when he was younger, so I can tell he sees the ball differently. And and um, I don't know, I don't know what shattered him or what got to him, but this this is the time that they need him. And it's been helping. And Joey Gallo, if, if you keep hitting like this, I'm I'm getting the jersey. I'm getting number 13 There, I got it because this, this dude has incredible power at the plate. Uh, I forget the name of the street that's behind right field, Utah Street or something like that. And there's only a few people that hit it there. Um, Gallo hit it the first game and then came right around and won the game yesterday and hit that street again. So, Joseph, keep doing your doggone thing. I love you, bro. And, um... I, the, game, the first game that um, we won in Baltimore, Buxton hit a home run. And after Buxton hit the home run, he went over and not just, like, congratulate him. He, like, put his head on top of his head for, like, seconds to, like, let him know, like, I'm with you, man. And I want a teammate like that on my team. Joe, Don't let Joey go nowhere. Don't, don't let him go nowhere. I know he won a one-year deal. Kidnap him. Stick him in the house and tie him up this – hold on, doggone fall and winter. He's not going nowhere. Please don't let Joey Gallo go. We need that back. Okay. I'm, I'm getting personal. I told you, I don't like talking about the twins. I swear I don't, I really don't. Okay. Um, people, I, um, the next topic I'm going to, this is very interesting. Cause I kind of got mad, but I really can't get mad because of the way that these guys have been performing, but the AL West, right. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the AL East now. So the AL West, it's being led by the Texas Rangers. They are 50 and 33. The Houston Nationals are 45 and 38. They are sitting at five games back. The Angels are 44 and 41. They are seven games back. The Mariners are 39 and 42. They are 10 games back. And rounding out the bottom are the team that has hurting me the most. The Oakland A's are 23 and 62. They are 28 games back. Now, in which one I'm talking about is... The All-Star game is coming up in a few weeks or so, short shorter than that, probably like a week and a half, two weeks. The whole team is all Rays and Rangers. That's it. it is, Trout is the only one starting for the Angels. And it kills me with Trout because, like, Trout is doing well. But he's a fan favorite. That's why I feel like they put him in the field. And I don't have no qualms about it because I am a Mike Trout fan. But the rest of that field was all T or TB. That's that's all the field looked like, the way that these two teams are playing. So, Rangers, I have to tip my hat for the way that you've been able to perform at this point in time. And like I said at the beginning of this little rah-rah, the Rays are getting the credit that they deserve across the board for the people that are really paying attention and voting to get them there. But, Mike, your thoughts on the AL West with the Rangers leading the division and the noise that they have been making and the other teams within the division as well. And, oh, yes, let me not forget the MVP, unless things start to just quiver and shake and go crazy. Shohei Ohtani, I, I'm a, I don't even know. I don't even like saying I'm a fan of the Angels like that. But, like, Shohei Ohtani, the way the guy's playing ball, never seen this, uh, you know, like the Babe Ruth era where Babe was pitching and smacking stuff, where you got Shohei doing the same doggone thing Out a clip where he is threatening Judge's record, and I want to see it done. I Just because I live here and, and having to deal with all of the Yankees and them talking this, that, and the third from Maris to Judge to Babe Ruth, it's like with people, you know, threatening their records or give them something to talk about, it's like, yeah, I like that pressure. So, Shohei, do it. I'm I'm cheering for you, and another way I'm cheering for you is give the Angels hell because if you keep playing like this, they're going to have to um go get, like, 30,000 Brinks Clubs to pay you the money that you deserve, because somebody's going to have to go deep in their pockets to pay you at the end of the day. The way that he's playing is incredible, but Mike, don't let me take away too much, so let me have at it the AL West. So look at this division,
1: like the Rangers, can they pitch enough? That's the question. Their offense is really good. Man, Corey Seager has been phenomenal uh, this year. Marcus Simeon is in the top three in the league and runs scored, and Hits, I believe. I mean, so this offense is really, really waking. I mean, all the way through from uh, Adonis Garcia to even Jonah Heim behind the plate, Josh Young at, at third base, and Nathaniel Lowe, and even Ezekiel Duran, who filled in. I mean, that was the one benefit of Seager being out for a while is he played shortstop for them and did a nice job, and so now they've had to keep his bat in the lineup. So he's played shortstop when Seager DHs. He's played some left field. He's DH for them. But Ezekiel Duran came out of that injury. They just got Chapman for that bullpen. I think this team's going to be buyers at the deadline and look for some more starting pitching. Um, you know, Houston's in striking distance, man. And, you know, five and a half, five out, whatever. Abreu uh, starting to come around a little bit at first base. Uh, Tuve looks to be back and kind of settled in a little bit. If they can just get Jordan Alvarez and a couple other pieces back. Uh, Hunter Brown's been pretty good um, in that rotation. This is a rubber game in this series today between these two teams uh, this weekend. Uh, the Angels, man, you know, right as they were kind of starting to figure it out, they were seven games over. They're on a four-game losing streak right now, trying to salvage a series against the uh, Diamondbacks today. But the Diamondbacks are throwing Zach Gown, their best guy, uh, against the Detmers today. So, Uh, Looking at this, Otani's being pushed out until Tuesday, and you're right, man. A a ton of uh, Tampa and Texas guys starting uh, on the All Star team. Uh, Shohei Man, not only is he leading the world in home runs, there's only one guy, you know, with a home run or two of him right now, uh, but he's also hitting 300. Like he's one of only three or four hitters in the American League that are over the 300 mark. So. Uh, The numbers are there. He's towards the top of the league in RBIs. He's top five, top six in the league in strikeouts. I mean, what do you do? If you trade for him, it's almost like two players. I feel like you're talking about the same type of return that uh, the Dodgers got back for Scherzer and Trey Turner when they pulled that trade off, if they were to trade him, even though his contract is – is up after this this year. So, Angels just got Anthony Rendon right, uh, back and in the lineup again. So hopefully, they can kind of uh, get out of this funk and play hot uh, over this next week, going in the All Star break and come out hot. Otherwise, uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. You're gonna hear a lot more noise about what do they do with Otani uh, before the deadline. So, keep an eye out on the on the Angels. Seattle's just kind of been that disappointment, man. They were the team that I thought were ready to make a playoff push. And they they still got a lot of young guys, a few veterans, but still a lot of good young pitchers. Uh, Kirby's up there in ERA. Uh, they got, you know, some guys dealing from the mound, but I, they may be that team that is what I thought Baltimore was going to be that has to take a step back one year before maybe they take a bigger step forward uh, next season. So, They've kind of been disappointed. We, we've talked about the A's and Nauseam. They're still talked. They could end up staying in Oakland after all. So, uh, who knows? Yet, yeah, what's going to happen with that? I guess still to be, to be determined. But there are a few good at least young players on that roster, so they can try to start to build, to build something.
2: Okay, definitely. Um... That's the one thing that is shaking me up is how this thing does pan out, especially the season that the Mariners did have last year. I thought they would continue on into this season and start to build better. But they're back in the the bottom of the AL West, and um, they're not that far, but they got a lot of teams to climb, especially with the Angels being in front of them, the way that they've been able to play ball as well. as Just like you said, Houston is starting to wake up. We've been talking about Houston for the past couple of weeks to see if they can get back into this thing, and everybody's chasing the Rangers within that, and the Rangers – they're like that old-school song from the 80s, 70s. Ain't no stopping them now. So they're on the move. Let's go. So the National League East, this is the crazy part about this. Um, they are right in the discussion as well, being the Atlanta Braves as one of the best teams in baseball right now. 55-27, the thing is is that the Rays have more wins than them, but the lost column, it actually is close to favoring the Braves. So the Braves are in this discussion uh, one lineup that you have to respect top to bottom. These guys can all rate. You better respect Atlanta going into that. And everybody else is more or less concerned about Acuna or the big name. No, everybody's smacking. So uh, a pitcher has his work cut out for him, especially in the National League, especially going into Truist Park. They're trying to figure them out down there in Atlanta. The uh, Miami Marlins, are envy everything that you do right now. <laughs> These guys are sitting in second place, uh behind the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves are fifty five or twenty seven if I didn't say that. The Marlins are forty and thirty six, eight games back. Um just, it's always gonna be me and the Luis Arrey saga. I'm I don't care that these guys are doing well this season and I think they're just following their new leader. I am calling Reyes the leader of that team for them to be where they are at this point in time. The Phillies are forty four and thirty eight, they're eleven games back. The New York Mets It hurts. They're 37 and 46. They're 18 and a half games back. And the Washington Nationals round out the bottom of the division, 33 and 49. They're 22 games back. This is incredible. This is really incredible to look at the Mets and how bad they are suffering. For all of the names that they brought in there, this looked like a surefire situation where the Mets would be in the thick of things. At least approaching September to be in the hunt, these guys are almost 10 games. Under 500, almost 10, almost 10. And the fact where Justin Verlander had approached the media and said nobody seen this coming. Nobody here in his locker room thought this would be happening to us. And um, it's unfortunate because these guys are getting older. Verlander is, if not 40 now, I think he's 40 now. Like, I, I don't know what they want to happen. Like, are these guys just going to start balling out of nowhere and pick up a string of wins to get to 500, let, let alone to get in the race? Like, I don't think the Mets are a postseason team. The money that Cohen and company put into this Mets team, it's its uncomfortable. I'm not even a Mets fan, but I live close enough to them to hear and know a lot of the stuff that's going on out there, and there are players on that team that I do like. I love P. Alonzo as a batter. This guy's a monster, and they can't figure out how to keep him in the lineup healthy, so on and so forth, or put players around him to help, you know, keep this thing look consistent. They are in total disarray. I do not know how they write this ship. I think this season may be lost. I, I don't want to throw them in the, the dirt like that, but this is this is unfortunate. This is a very unfortunate situation. And just like I said, the Braves are the best team in the National League at this point in time. They are in a discussion as best team in baseball. And Miami, I'm like gritting my teeth. I feel like Yosemite Sam talking to you because you guys woke the best trade ever. And, and left us with Pablo. Even though Pablo picked up a win, I got to give him credit. But I'm I'm extremely frustrated that we lost Luis Reyes. And, and Palak was hurt. That's our second baseman, even though I do love Jorge, but Luis should be there. But, Mike, your thoughts on your division, the, the one that you guys are running start to finish, even including last year as well?
1: So percentage points-wise, the Braves actually uh, have a better record. Uh, than, than Tampa, but they're two back on the wins column and the loss column. So, I mean, they're both 28 games of over 500, which is a major league best. Uh, but looking at this division, I'm going to start at the bottom, looking at the Nationals. Man, there's some good young crowd on this team. In a couple of years, they're going to be something serious. McKenzie Gore had a bad outing yesterday, but he's been good. He's over 100 strikeouts, so he's on a pace for 200 strikeouts this year. Young kid they got from the Padres. Uh, there's lots of young uh, talent on this team for sure. And, you know, these, they're basically, you know, they gutted their system over the last couple of years and brought back a bunch of prospects and they're putting them in and letting them play and letting them learn on the job to try to, you know, rebuild that, that team. So they're doing what they have to do, man. The Mets are much closer to the nationals. I think in the standings than they are to third place. Right. So, Jeez, like, I just didn't see this coming. And if I'm the Mets, I mean, listen, you just signed Nemo to a new deal. I would probably keep Nemo, I would keep Alonzo, and I would keep Lindor. And then I would keep, um, you know, you got your pitchers that are under contract anyway. Um, But I would try to shop McNeil. I would try to shop a lot of these other pieces on this team. And I would bring the kids up and just let them play. Leave, put Beatty at third base and leave them alone. Uh, Alvarez behind the plate. Bring up Mauricio and uh, Nieto or whatever. Bring these kids up and just put uh, Biento. Just put them in the lineup and let them play, and and see what you have. I mean, at this point, I don't think you would do any worse um, in the standings. And so, uh, it, it's hard to to see this with the Mets. I didn't expect this either. Uh, Listen, Philly and Miami both had very good months of June, and in most years they would have gained ground if they were chasing down the division winner. The problem is the the Braves went like twenty and five, twenty one and four 20, like, for the for the month of June. Uh, that's. Crazy month! They hit sixty-one home runs for a franchise and National League record in twenty-five games. Uh, yeah, I think it was twenty-one and four that they went. And w- what they were doing? You mentioned that lineup, and you're right. It's not. A, it's a Cunha and Albies at the top, and then it's Riley Olson and Murphy or Darno. So you still got Pop with the catcher, and then six and seven is Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario, and then you round it out with Orlando Arcia. And Michael Harris, who's been blistering hot over the last uh month or so, like that whole lineup one through nine is just uh it, it's scary and, and because they can turn around almost anybody's fastball, and they're not going to stay this hot uh all year long, obviously it's going going to slow down because baseball has a lot of ebbs and flows, but uh this team is just finding a way to. Uh, get it done. Michael Soroka came back and got a win. His first time pitching at home since like 2020 uh, because of all the injuries that he's had to battle back from. They're expecting to get Freed back in July, hoping to get Kyle Wright back. Spencer Strider's leading the league in uh, strikeouts. Um, Him and Kevin Gossman in the American League are within seven strikeouts of each other, but Strider's leading all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts. Uh, Bryce Elders in the top three in ERA. Uh, in the National League and top five overall in baseball. So they've gotten a surprising performances out of him. Um, Philly's starting pitchings, keeping them in things. Ranger Suarez has been good for them. So has Weaver and Nola's kind of been up and down, but he's had some good starts for them as well. So looking at them, we talk about uh, Luisa Reyes hitting 388 right now. Um, and then – Mentioning going back one more time, the really, Acuna is one of only three or four players in the National League to be above 20 home runs, but he is on a pace right now, and he won't do this. But he's on a pace right now where he could—he's on a pace to hit 40 home runs and steal 74 bases. Um, so he could possibly join the 40-40 club uh, this year if he can stay healthy. And Matt Olson being the cleanup spot, he's leading the right there with Shohei Otani for the. Uh, overall lead in major league baseball um in RBI. So definitely lots of uh good offense coming out of Atlanta, lots of good young pitching out of uh Miami and they're starting to have some of their other guys hit around the rise to to really help them out. Philly looks to be running into shape too, so I expect all three of these teams to be in the playoff discussions and be right there uh in wild car race wild car races and, and be uh in the playoff picture come October in the
2: National League i I'm on the other side of the fence of the Phillies situation. I don't know if the Phillies can gain that momentum to get there. we will see, but they did pick it up from where they were to where they are now, where they are right behind the Marlins, but well. I don't know if they can keep that consistency there, okay, so interesting enough, this thing is getting interesting in the n l Central the Brewers are back on top. Well, they're tied, 44-39, and 39, tied with the Reds at this point in time. The Reds are 44-39 as well. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 39-43, a third, four-and-a-half back. The Cubs are 38-43, five games back. And the Cardinals are sitting at 34-48, nine-and-a-half back, in which they filled off a big win up against the Yankees, putting up 11 runs in the first game of the doubleheader. But – I don't know if the Cardinals are back or not, but that was an interesting game for them to pull up against a Yankee team that is just reeling to get wins together. Um, Mike, your thoughts on this division from top to bottom, especially with the Reds at least staying in the hunt atop the division, and if the Pirates can't get this swagger back, they get back in the hunt to the top of the board as well. I mean, the the Pirates and the Pirates.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, so nine games is not insurmountable for the Cardinals, but they just got to find some more consistency. Rubber game of that Yankee series today, Cole, Cole and uh, Jordan Montgomery pitching. So you kind of got to favor the Yankees in that series today. Uh, but uh, we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of season left, but the Cardinals definitely underachieving. You look at uh, Chicago kind of up and down. Uh, but, you know, only five out. So, I mean, really anybody in those top four uh, can still win that division. Uh, looking at Pittsburgh, like G-1 Bay has got 20 stolen bases. A cool story in Pittsburgh, too, is Andrew McCutcheon. Not the same power, not the same guy. He's definitely been a leader in that clubhouse. But he's also been producing on the field. He's hitting about two eighty seven. I think his own base percentage is over three seventy, three eighty. He's drawing walks. Um you know, a lot of times he's hit third some, but sometimes hitting first and second in that order. But giving him some pop and some production and kind of being a leader uh, for that young team. So seeing McCutcheon kind of come back to Pittsburgh and be that veteran leader in that in that clubhouse is kind of a cool deal, uh, I think, for, for him and a good way to kind of close out his career. And I think, you know, he was – Part of those Pirates teams, the last time they were pushing for wildcard relevance. So uh, to have him, he understands what it means to that city. So having him there, I think, is cool. And seeing some of their young players continue to develop, hopefully they'll get uh, O'Neill Cruz back. And then Tucapita Marcano is another guy who uh, has played a lot of shortstop for them um, and is doing a nice job. Looking at the Reds, if Corbin Carroll does not win Rookie of the Year the only other person that could possibly challenge him for it is Ellie De La Cruz. The man, Matt McClain, has been really raking for them as well. Jacob Fraley, like so many guys hitting for Cincinnati. Uh, they're playing San Diego in a rubber match of that three-game set, and Andrew Abbott, the rookie left-hander, has been really, really good for Cincinnati. And so he's on the mound today, so i watch and see how he does, see if they can close out that series over, over the Padres. And then the Brewers, man, can they get Brandon Woodruff back? Uh, the the question is consistency amongst those pitchers. Corbin Burns was good last time out. Uh, Peralta uh, can can they get enough uh, consistency throughout that bullpen as well? Uh, that lineup is hitting the ball a little bit. Uh, still kind of streaky, hit or miss, but they're better offensively than they have been uh, the last couple seasons. But this is definitely a division where there's going to be one seat at the table. I feel like at the playoffs, I don't. I don't think you're going to see a wild card come out of here. I think this is a one and done as far as how many teams make the playoffs, and it's. You know, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be there. But at the end of the day, like at the halfway point, I would say that they're close enough that it could still be anybody's ball game in that division.
2: Okay, you don't you don't see a wild card coming out of his division. That's fine. I'm joking around. The Central is the Central. Both AL and NL Central, both divisions are not playing where they need to be. But it's interesting races going on. Nevertheless, and to round out the MLB talk, we are now at the NL West, and Mike was just telling you about an interesting team called the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are sitting at the top of the division. They are 50 and 34. Uh, They have Gallon going today, like he mentioned. The Dodgers are 46-36. They are sitting three games back. The Giants are 46-37, three-and-a-half back. The Padres are 38-45, 11-and-a-half back. And the Colorado Rockies are 33-52, 17-and-a-half back. There was a game earlier this this week that the Padres were putting together some home runs and back-to-back shots, so on and so forth. But these guys are still sitting seven games under five hundred. And it seems like every Sunday, that's the question that I throw, is when do they get to 500? When do they get back into this discussion? I don't know when, because they do have a nice little roster, but they might always answers the pitching. When does the pitcher get involved? Can they pitch themselves back into this? It's an interesting imbalance that they do have there, and they need to shake this up somehow, some way, especially at the midway point of the season, where they have to start to turn the corner. Otherwise, this will be a lost season, especially the way that they started the season, Uh, with so many X outs and, you know, you know, questionable situations with, with Habitat teased off the field, so on and so forth. But Mike, your thoughts for the NOS top to bottom before we get away from MLB talk. So
1: if it wasn't for the Mets and all their money and where they are in the standings, uh, the, I feel like the Padres will be drawing a lot more negative uh, media than they are uh, today. I, I, But Tatis has been really good since he's been back uh, for them. Uh, Like we talked about before, their pitching. And then Cronenworth has not been very good for them uh, at all this season. But uh, since Vander Bogarts has been Vander Bogarts, Machado has been, you know, he missed some time, but he's back. This is a team that could still get hot and reel off uh, a bunch of wins, but they're going to have to do something like that too. To be relevant in the playoff picture Looking at Arizona, man Like We talked about Corbin Carroll And Lourdes Goriel And uh, You know Chandler and I talked about Cattell Marte earlier uh, On Thursday night uh, Roundtable gumbo 9 p.m. Eastern time Shameless plug And then But Zach Gallon pitching today The the deal with, the, with them Is can they And it, it's kind of the same thing with, with the second place team In this division Uh but what are they going to do when it's not Gallon or Carroll on the mound? Tommy Henry has been okay sometimes for them, uh, but their ERA, as I said, is over six when it's not Gallon or uh, Merrill Kelly starting. So this is a team that I expect maybe to make a move uh, for some starting pitching. Same thing looking at the Dodgers. They got Julio Urias back yesterday, and he gave up a lot of runs, but nothing was really hit hard. I wouldn't be discouraged about that. But Kershaw may have to miss a little bit of time now, and he's been really good for them. Uh, Thank God for Kershaw. He's been the anchor of that rotation uh, in L.A. Uh, Listen, Tony Gonsolin is going today for them, and he's been pretty decent. Uh, Bobby Miller, the kid, throws over 100 miles an hour. Uh, He's been pretty good. I think he got roughed up once, uh, but he's been really good in that rotation the Dodgers still trying to figure things out, man, but they're lurking, right? They're only three games back. Uh, they can make moves if they need to, but Mookie Betts has been playing really well. Um, you know, they're, Freddie Freeman is towards the top of the National League. Uh, I think he is second in hitting, and I think he's second or third in the league in total hits. Uh, so he's doing you know his thing at first base for them, and Will Smith's giving them production behind the plate, so – and they're getting a lot out of veterans, man. David Peralta, Jason uh, Hayward are both producing for them. You've got a mix of veterans and kids like James Altman and Miguel Vargas. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see with them. I feel like this is a team that could still get hot. I think the Giants are the team that I'm surprised are still kind of hanging around um, in these standings. But, uh, you know, here they are. They're playing the Mets in a rubber game today. Uh, But they're, you know, Alex Cobb and Alex Wood and Anthony Desclefani, There we go. Uh, Supporting Logan Webb in that rotation. And then they brought up these kids, man. Patrick Bailey behind the plate's been good. Uh, Luis Matos in center field with Estrada. They're building up the middle uh, and mixing all those veterans like Peter, like Jack Peterson and Michael Conforto and Mitch Haniger in with these guys. And so, uh, I feel like the Giants somehow find a way to do this with, you know, also Rams and guys who are getting a second chance there and whatever. They maximize their pitching and uh, they're getting a lot out of their out of their offense. So uh, I keep expecting them to fade, but you know, hey, they're right there, a half a game behind the Dodgers, as you said, three and a half out, uh, first place. We talked about the Padres and then the Rockies are just you know kind of playing out the string. Maybe somebody would trade for a couple of their pitchers, but. They got a couple of young guys like uh, Noah Jones uh, that are just kind of getting some run every day. And you haven't seen him, though, and you do catch him a little bit. Uh, they got a guy at shortstop, Ezekiel Tobar, who has really started to find his rhythm. He's been hitting over 350 in this month. Uh, but he's a, he's really smooth. He's a slick fielding shortstop. He can make all the plays, got a cannon for an arm. And he's got a lot more pop in his bat than I think initially was thought of, too. So, that's a good young kid to watch in uh, Colorado, Ezekiel Tobar.
2: Okay, so that rounds out the MLB talk. To close out the show, it's the frenzy. And it is a hell of a frenzy going on in the NBA. Let me tell you, new – how do I want to say it? New faces, new places – Some people stayed the same. Um, Some I have question marks about with not only the player, but what is management doing? And the first one I'll start with with that is the Dallas Mavericks. So you mean to tell me the way that the season ended last year, everybody was in question. Everybody's in tune to see if Kyrie's going to stay or go. Then everybody's making a big funk to try to get Kyrie to L.A. to play with LeBron. Everybody wants to see LeBron and Kyrie play together somehow, some way. Then Kyrie said he wants to go to Phoenix, wants to talk to Phoenix. Then everybody jumped into the Kyrie spectacle saying they all wanted to talk to Kyrie. Guess who ends up getting Kyrie? Dallas says he's not going anywhere. These guys give him 40-plus a year. Three years for 126. What is going on? You guys need to focus on a big they they need a big, not another guard, right? How do Kyrie and Luca make this dynamic work? I get it. They came in the middle of the season to try to make this thing work. Now now they're stuck. I, I know for doggone sure, Cuban's not going to let Luca go, and this three-year run is just going to be a three-year run for Kyrie. I know if it gets bad that they can move him if they need to, but right now at least it's looking like two years for Kyrie to be in the building down there in American Airline. I'm scratching my head. I I don't think they're a championship team. I don't think they win the West. I don't think this is a move that puts Dallas in the Western Conference discussion. They need more pieces there. So with them dumping this type of money into Kyrie, knowing Luka's going to be due some money, where where do they load up the rest of this roster? Uh, Mike, your thoughts on at least Kyrie, the beginning situation of this contract for Dallas to get this free agency frenzy going. Yeah, three years,
1: 126, I don't know, that's a lot. Uh, for Kyrie I know he wanted to get his money um, I don't know how you make uh, Kyrie and Luko, uh Work together I thought that with Jason Kidd and, uh, Being a Point guard previously That if anybody could Make it work it could be him and maybe still You know they got the kid Uh, They traded from Oklahoma City The kid from Duke Who they I think maybe hope they can help them As far as some like Interior defense around the rim But he's not a scorer or a legit threat uh, Like that at all But I mean I just I I don't really get it Like if you were going to do If you were going to have another guard That could also be on ball And I understand he's not as good as But I feel like I would have kept Jalen Brunson around you could have done it for cheaper, and then tried to get some more pieces around them. I feel like I don't, I don't know what I don't know what Dallas is doing. I don't I don't really see uh, this roster as constructed um, as a team that can contend for an NBA championship. Uh, however, at the end of the day, like I know there were some other teams that wanted to meet with him, and I guess he had it. They said, you know, four teams for sure that he was going to talk to. Uh, I want to say it was like Lakers, Clippers, Mavs, and Suns, or whatever he was talking to him the last day. Um, I think it Cuban really wants a guy. A lot of times he has the ability to get him, and so I'm not surprised that uh, he's back in Dallas. But I will say this. I think he played, he did his job when he got to uh, Dallas. And so, to me, I think the challenge at, at this point goes out to Luka Doncic hey, stop uh, stop being entitled. You got a big contract or whatever, but show up in shape. You're not Shaquille O'Neal with Kobe Bryant on your roster. You didn't take so many hats that they almost beat the you know, whatever out of you uh, in the paint through a playoff run. You got eliminated early, show up to camp in shape and ready to go uh, so you guys can really figure this thing out because – Luca and Kyrie are both good on the ball. They can both move without the ball. They both fundamentally understand the game, and can do special things with the basketball in their hands. So, um, show up in shape and make and and see what you guys can do to try to make this work. But I don't see this team as a legit contender.
2: I have seen photos of him this offseason. Luca has lost a ton of weight. Luca has lost a lot of weight. I've seen a new trainer, but I I hate to say this. I think that takes away from Luca's game. Luca needs that weight because when he backs down guards that are smaller than him, they can't deal with him because he's like a wider guard. So it's like, I hope this doesn't take away from the dynamic of his game. So that's one thing I'm worried about. And also, Luca's been, he's going to have to be able to work with his team. Like every time he crosses half court, he has the ball. He's trying to make something happen by himself, uh, whether shooting a, a step-back three or driving and, and scoring. Um, I don't know if Ky- well Kyrie has to stand there and take it now. So one way or another, Jason Kidd's going to have to find that dynamic to make it work. Uh, there's going to have to be a third wheel in this to, to make this thing go. With all of the teams that are loaded within the Western Conference, Dallas has their work cut out for them. This deal starts everything. Like they, I want to see how Cuban and the management – build around at least these two names of Kyrie being at the latter part of his career and Luca starting his well, I can't even say starting, but to the midway point of his career and trying to make a difference to get past or up to the Western conference final again, that that should at least be the goal. But I, I don't know. There's a lot of guns in the Western conference. I don't know if they're ready to do the, uh, step and draw like an okay corral, but we'll get into this as best as we possibly can. There were a lot of interesting moves, but probably the biggest news out of everything in this free agency mayhem is Damian Lillard wants out. He is ready to leave Portland. I am going to speak personally about this. This is a situation that uh, everybody wanted to see Dame go. I'm like, it was good when they had everybody there, when they had C.J. McCollum and company there, but they weren't playing any defenses like keep defense there. They got rid of everybody, and then we seen how bad that they needed defense, and it was lacking. And what I feel personally, once all of the names cleared out of Miami, Dane finally made the statement to say he wanted to go, because I think that's that's Dane's destination. I think he wants to go to Miami. End up playing with Butler, seeing what they could make down there happen with him and Bam. That would be interesting because they do have a little interior defense as well as Butler being a good on-the-ball defender as well. If they could turn things around in Miami and make that run, that would be interesting. But Dame has been hanging on for 11 seasons in Portland, and, I mean, he's been the shining star. But then again, all of that offensive prowess needs a little defense, and there's nothing in return Now it's a Damian Lillard sweepstakes in his free agency. Do Miami make this happen? Does another team jump into the frenzy and steal him? His name is out there. Who goes to Portland to make this deal happen? Mike, your thoughts on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes?
1: I think when you see it in Miami that Max Struce, whatever his name is, go to Cleveland and you see what Vincent Lee, I think they're clearing space to make this happen. I think it becomes a lot of draft picks, maybe a couple of contracts that they need to make it match up. Uh, because I think that if they do find the trade, I think that what happens is the Kid Henderson, Scoot uh, Henderson, takes over at the point guard position, and you got guys like Anthony Simon and you know other young guns that they've brought in just to try to figure out you know how they're going to rebuild and what that's going to look like and who's going to be there. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get to this guy later, but I think the two most likely destinations for Lillard are Miami or Philly, and that would be contingent on Philly finding out a way to make, uh, to trade James Harden uh, to clear off some space for that. But I feel like Miami is is where he wants to be, and I feel like in some ways Miami would like to have Dane Lillard. And at this point, I would be surprised if that's not uh, where he ends up at the end of
2: the day. We will see, but he did all of that suffering in the Western Conference for what? To try to act like he was loyal and then see all of the people and pieces move. Now it's like, let me get out of here and put on a different breed of red. I I don't know, and it, it looks hilarious to me. But um, at least he oh, can try to chase cool. the championship.
1: That's crazy to give Jeremy Grant. I think five years at one hundred sixty million dollars. He's a nice player, but I don't know that I believe at thirty-two million dollars a year.
2: We'll see how that pans out in Portland. Um, The next situation I want to get to is James Harden. He opted in. Um, The crazy part about Harden is now he's on. He's looking to be on the move, and then. just saying that he's potentially trying to go home to L.A., either team or if he could jump onto a team and make it a super team. I'm going to say this here. Go, I'm, A lot of this stuff is going to get, like, personal and not just really analytic. Um, Harden looking bad out here. So, for the past four seasons, he's been on three teams. People picked on Russell Westbrook going through the same stuff. Both of them wanted to leave OKC. Look at how they look now. So Harden went from Houston, two seasons in Brooklyn, to Philly, and he's about to leave Philly. Russ is all over the place, and Russ was able to sign a two-year deal with the Clippers. They're giving him, and this is bad. This is what I call a drop from grace to Russell Westbrook. It's a two-year deal for a little over $7 million. You mean to tell me that Russ went from 40-some-odd million dollars in a season from the Lakers – to damn near three and a half, close to $4 million a year. That is what I call an extreme drop from grace. Um, but I want to see how this does end up panning out, at least for the Clippers. If they're able to get Harden there, it'll be an interesting run back with Russ and Harden together, them being back home. Uh, Russ is there to stay. I think that's what Russ is going to end up co- his career in, in a, a Clippers jersey. Um, the one thing I'm looking at is if they could keep Kawhi healthy and and Paul George. Let me not just say Kawhi, shoot, because Paul George has always been the one that they're waiting to bring back. Um, But nevertheless, Harden is the talk, and the bad part about all of this that I am missing Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you could take that process and put it next to the Liberty Bell and crack it also. Just crack it. It's done. Like, what else do you do right now? I know they're going to try to build around Embiid as best as possible. They've also talked about potentially moving Maxi. If they move Tyrese Maxi and get Harden out of there, Embiid will be probably be one of the worst shattered MVPs I've ever seen in my life. He'll have to carry that load by himself. But it's something that he brought onto himself, too, because it's like a lot of those guards don't want to see a big man just keep taking the ball and hoisting up threes. And it's like, that's what we're here for. And I, I don't know how Philadelphia gets this done or what process they're up to, but that process is done. They have to go back to the drawing board and figure this thing out, but nobody's comfortable there. Doc Rivers is gone. The Sixers are a mess, and um I'm wondering to see what happens with Harden. But, Mike, your thoughts on the whole situation in the city of brotherly love? So
1: I don't think, I you know, I, I don't think Maxie gets traded unless it brings you back. Dane Lillard, and I wouldn't trade Maxie uh, for Lillard, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, Maxie's young, still has a, a, you know, a lot to uh, you know a lot of potential, I think, to reach. Um, it, to me, it's going to say a lot what they can get back in this trade. You know, I, I noticed that, too. I wanted to point out just <laughs> the eight million from Russell, Russell Westbrook for two years, or not even eight, uh, about that fall from grace. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that Houston was going to be the destination for Harden, but I think once they signed Fred Van Fleet, uh, I think that pretty much uh, took Houston out of that discussion. Who knows? I mean, we'll see. But I I just don't see that they're going to take put that kind of money into Van Fleet and then also turn around and get James Harden to go along with all those uh, kids in Houston. Uh, for me, like this James Harden thing feels very, very uh key for the direction of this franchise. If you trade him, what are you trading for? What's coming back? What kind of pieces can you build with? Because uh listen, you you sent Ben Simmons to Brooklyn, I get it. You you had to. Uh the only thing you have left in this process really now is uh Embiid and you know, you you shipped out some pieces too. You know, when that's what got you hardened or whatever. But just looking around, it, it's obvious he doesn't want to be there. It's obviously they need to find a taker and figure out who might want to take that contract. I could definitely see the Clippers doing it because I think that he'll sell tickets. Uh, him and Westbrook both, that'd be interesting to see him, uh, those two on the floor together again. Uh, but this just feels key for me. What what they get back in in this James Harden deal is going to tell us a lot about uh, does this team actually have a direction moving forward or are the 76ers just, you know, a mess again? So, uh, you, you know, to be determined, I think, uh, with the city of Brotherly
2: Love. They are a mess. Forget the potential. They are a mess. Right now, this is a mess. Uh, They kept Doc Rivers there for too long. Um, They had a lot of interesting MVP-type personalities clashing, especially the run that they went on, where they should have won that series against the Celtics. They fell apart and lost that. Um, I don't know what else to say. From the Ben Simmons era, getting rid of him, from them bringing in name after name and not really getting the sixer thing to turn around, this is a mess. And um, the only one that can write this thing is Joel Embiid. And it's like... um, what do you do? Do you put your back against the wall and go in the paint and start going crazy? Or do you keep playing, like, how you want to? I'm going to run across half court. Give me the ball because I'm the biggest name out here. Hoist a three. If you miss it, it's like, it's all right. We'll survive another possession. It's like, I I think a lot of people are done with that. I think they're done with that. Even though he's an incredible player, he's an incredible talent, he's huge as ever, but you've got to play the basketball game the right way. And um, I think this is what – this is the death of the dynasty. It ain't even a dynasty, but just – the crumbling of the situation out there in Philadelphia. Okay, so DeMontis Sabonis just got $217 million from the Kings, a five-year deal. Very interesting because uh, what happens with De'Aaron Fox, I want to see how this ends up panning out. Um, are the Kings going to be the new talk of the West? They also had Dylan Brooks that just got let go of the Grizzlies. He actually signed with the Houston Rockets does this put the Houston Rockets in the conversation or at least be a bottom team in the play-in or in the bottom half of the playoffs? Are they ready, especially with all the youth that they have there and a new coach as well? Uh, Mike, your thoughts on some of the names and news and notes across the free agency frenzy in the NBA.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think this puts Houston there and I'm kind of this, this Dylan Brooks thing sort of intrigues me. Um, there's a lot of kids, a lot of people he can kind of influence in that locker room, but who knows? Um, I, I feel like maybe more of a veteran team with some people that can, you know, snatch him up if need to at times to, like, get him to not shoot off with the mouth. But I think this is going to be a humbling experience for him. Uh, this This Houston team is going to reside in a much different place in the standings. Uh, at least for a while, than what Memphis did. Uh, that being said, lots of youth. You got a point guard in there. Uh, the, you know, this guy can come in and score and take some of the pressure off uh, for some of these guys. But uh, I don't think that this puts them in the playing discussion or whatever. But I, I think that uh, you know, Houston is is trying to do things right as far as. Uh, just grow some of this young talent They've gotten some high draft picks over the last few years So now what can they What can they do with them uh, I did notice that they traded Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, K.J. Martin to uh, The Clippers to give them a little bit Of a leaping presence And a you know reserve big that can at least uh, Give them some interior defense uh, Listen You mentioned Sabonis in Sacramento I think him and Fox are what they're building around Right like Uh, there was discussion around some other guys, but I I think they're building around these guys and going to see what they can do. Uh, They're a good young team. It looks like they're going to be bringing most of their pieces back. Uh, They brought, you know, re-signed Harrison Barnes to go with these guys. You know, lots of other guys uh, staying in places and reworking deals. Um, Halliburton uh, got a new deal. uh, Stay in the same place. Kyle Kuzma uh, staying in Washington uh, worked out a deal there. Draymond back to Golden State at twenty-five million per year. Um, you know some of these deals with player options, but uh, as you said before, a lot of same faces and in, in, in same places, uh, but definitely, definitely a frenzy. So I, uh, I think it's. Uh, I'm not sure what the Pacers are doing. I don't know why. When you look at the wings that they have, why are you go give $20 million a year to um, Bruce Brown, even though, I mean, he's got some playoff experience, but is he really a guy that's going to put that Pacers team over the hump? And then uh, the Knicks, I don't know. I guess they're trying to have a Villanova reunion in their backcourt, going now and signing uh, DiVincenzo to now come in and play with uh, Josh Hart and uh, Jalen Brunson. So a little Villanova reunion there uh, in the backcourt for the Knicks in Madison Square Garden.
2: Oh, that's so sweet, Villanova. Oh, and the crazy part about it is I'm a Big East guy, but so what? Uh, but Jay Wright is a, a different coach compared to the NBA rings. I, I as much as I want to see the Knicks try to turn this thing around and make it happen, they still even they haven't even addressed the Julius Randle situation. Are you guys going to keep him or are you guys going to let him go? You guys still need front court help. Is Mitchell Robinson really your guy for the future? You guys are so ready to move on from Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose didn't do nothing. It's like you guys are bringing more guards in there to help out a team that needs front court help. I, I I don't get it with the Knicks. So that's that's funny all in itself. But I can't. Didn't they just trade to Obi Topping, too? I, I, where, where did Obi end up landing?
1: Did they trade him to Indiana? I saw rumors that was happening. I I, I have to see if I can confirm that that happened. But I saw that they uh, were rumors to be trading Obi Topping to the Indiana Pacers.
2: If they moved Obi out of New York, that's one of the worst moves they could do because uh, – this guy is a brook. He's a Brooklyn-born kid. He's from Brooklyn. Like he was gonna bring that there if you would have just started him, Thibodeau or the management. I I don't know who to put more of the blame toward. You had to play the guy. You, you guys are giving Julius Randle all of the the run in the world to basically say he wanted to sit in the corner and hoist up threes and and keep going left. It's like this this is what hurt y'all. I I the Knicks. It's, it's the Knicks. It's something about blue and orange. In the state of New York, it's just something about it, and I don't know how to figure that situation out. Another person that ended up getting paid really well was uh, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is getting 50 a year out of the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets are signed LaMelo Ball to something huge. Um, he is the face of the organization. The one thing I want to see him do is to remain healthy. Um, LaVar Ball put all of the, the stock into his boys, and at least one of them is bringing it back. I still want to see uh, Lonzo get healthy, but um, they're basically saying that Lonzo's career may be done, but at least LaMelo could actually hold their family down with at least the next two contracts um, that he's been able to get out of the state of North Carolina. That's pretty big in itself. But um, nevertheless, it, it, the frenzy still continues on. It, it, this is the beginning of July right now. Like I said, it's July 2nd. All of the names and news and notes that have been moved around the NBA and um the one that I'm concerned about just like what Mike said with Bruce Brown, I, I would have stayed in Denver. There's no way I'm leaving a championship caliber team and start chasing money on a team that's in the cellar. The the Pacers are not going to an Eastern conference final. I I I feel comfortable in saying that. I don't wanna just poo poo them, but there's a lot of teams in the East. Like you got the Bucks that are gonna be back. They just re signed Chris Middleton. Um, you got the Celtics that should be back, especially when they got Porzingis as well, depending on how they transition from watching Smart go, but they still got and they still got pieces there. There are a plethora of teams that are sitting atop the Eastern Conference that I don't think the Pacers put you there, other than the, you to fill your, you know, your bank account and, and settle with going home early or ending the season in April. Like, that. that's the only thing I can think about with Bruce Brown, but, hey, get what you're worth. Because that's what everybody aims for, but if you're really a, a truest to the game and 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 love what you do, I'd have stuck around and ran it back with we'll Denver. See them stop us now, especially the run that we went on. But it's a, it's a different era in basketball. These guys either want big money or super teams, and that that's the way of logic uh, in the NBA. And it hasn't worked. It's not working. So, uh, Mike, your thoughts on anything else in the free agency before we start to shut things down? Here at the Bronx.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's interesting. You look at, at Milwaukee, Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, Indiana. Uh, I think that Detroit is probably the only team that Indiana can be better than uh, this year in that division. And so finishing fourth in a division when you have three total divisions uh, does not necessarily uh, bode well for getting you into Uh, The playoffs, maybe a play-in, but I wouldn't hang my hat on it at all. Um, So, real quick, I mean, listen, the Lakers, I feel like, did what they set out to do. Um, In free agency, there's a little bit of turnover on that roster, but they got Reeves and Hachimura back, and they also got D'Angelo Russell back. Uh, Listen, they lost Troy Brown uh to i i think he signed in Minnesota but they lose Troy Brown so they replace him with Tory and Prince. They also take uh Cam Reddish and they also get uh Jackson Hayes to help him on the inside. They lost Mo Bamba. So the uh, interesting is like Hayes and uh, and Reddish were picked right beside each other um in that draft. So they were both lottery picks so bringing those guys in, they kind of keep the nucleus of of last year's team. Uh, you know, one or two guys, like I said, uh, Bomba's not there, and Troy Brown's not there, but and Dennis Schroeder's not there uh, as Dennis Schroeder went to Toronto. So you're replacing those guys with Torrey and Prince and Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes. So that brings the the basic core back with, you know, AD and LeBron and Vanderbilt and, you know, all these guys that that they just bring back into the fold. Now you have a rookie from Indiana who's probably going to be on a two-way deal this year. And I'm hearing that they may sign, you know, that Jackson Hayes gives them a big and they may sign one more player and then leave that other roster spot um, in flux. So they believe that, once they got out from the Westbrook contracts and made the trade, they uh, being 16 and seven going down the stretch last year. They believed that, you know, there was some merit to them being the second best, having the second best record in the league um, in the last 20 plus games of the season. And I don't think that, I don't think that LeBron James played in all of those games either. Uh, so I, I think that they believe that this is a better constructed roster going into the season that they've had over the last couple of seasons to at least allow them to be uh, competitive in the West. So, uh, you know, we'll see definitely how that shakes out, but uh, I will say that I feel like the Lakers team has a little bit more direction than it's had um, in the past few seasons. And you do have, you know, some talent over the next few years that, Okay, if LeBron decides he wants to move on or doesn't want to play beyond this season, uh, once that contract comes off, you at least have some some money to try to bring in some people or bring in a couple people to, you know, replace those guys. But I think this whole free agency market for the Lakers was to try to build depth, bring a couple guys back who you would probably find to be starters, and build depth on that second unit. And I think they did that. Are they good enough to contend for or to compete for an NBA championship? Uh, To be determined, I think not unless uh, LeBron and AD both play at a high level. And, you know, we've talked about that um, at nauseam year in and year out. But this is at least a fairly talented roster um, going into the season. I look at Phoenix and we've talked about them I still don't see a facilitator um on that roster so I'm curious to see what this roster is going to look like um if you're going to see some trading going on and there's you know a lot of talk saying that they're go- going to have to trade uh DeAndre Ayton at some point you know there a lot of talk TP that with the way the new with the new salary cap rules as it changed over as free agency started right now um it becomes a lot harder to load up three or four contracts and just try to, like, fill in with veteran minimums and whatever around them. It's They've constructed it in such a way now that it's not as easy to build rosters that way. So um, I'm curious to see uh, with teams like the Phoenix Suns who have loaded up on these uh, big, big names and trying to make this quote-unquote super team um if that comes back to bite them in their in their roster construction and trying to figure this thing out, and what moves they might make in order to you know make this puzzle fit together uh to start the regular season, so I'm watching to see if DeAndre Ayton's name ends up uh surfacing somewhere, and if he ends up going to uh you know one of these teams or if if that contract is is a a contract that gets pulled into like a three-way deal or something uh, involving Levert or Harden, or you know, th- does Aiton's name end up somehow being linked? Uh, in one of those is the trade to make it work uh, with more than one team involved.
2: It'd be pretty interesting to see if Harden made his way to Phoenix. That would be interesting. Because then you got a lot of guns. And um, I think there'd be a lot of willing passes at this point if Harden comes. Um So it depends on where Harder ends up moving those shifts as well. It it would be so interesting to see if they could get him there because you're right, they don't have a real true general. They're trying to force Booker to be the guy to bring it up, but Booker's ready to launch. And Beal is a shooter, and everybody knows KD is a scorer and shooter as well. So I want to see how that pans out. The Lakers situation, I get it. It sounds good. LeBron's going into his 21st season. How much are you putting on his shoulders? How much are you going to put on his shoulders? And the one thing that helped the Lakers this past season for the run that they were on, it wasn't Darvin Ham. Dennis Schroeder was so key in a lot of what they did this season, especially in that series against Golden State, him being a pesky defender, the money that you guys did not want to offer him may end up coming back to get you because you don't really have an on-the-ball point guard or a willing guard like that to play that type of defense at this point in time. You guys have a lot of forwards, front court guys. But what about this backcourt? Other than Reeves, I gotta give Arthur Reeves his credit. He is a monster. Who else? You brought D'Angelo Russell back? The guy that everybody in LA wanted to get rid of? You brought him back? Like like this is this is like um I don't know if everybody's seen the movie American Pie, but this is when it he did it again. They said it again? Like it happened again? Like I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what DeAndre Russell's done to this Lakers team from its first stint to now to him falling apart in the postseason, and you want to see it again. So, Birmingham, your work is cut out for you. Hopefully, the Lakers can get back to the Western Conference Final, but just like Mike mentioned, and I also mentioned, the Western Conference is supremely loaded right now. I, I don't see the Lakers getting back there unless you guys put a lot of their owners on AD and LeBron. In his 21st season, unless somebody steps up and starts to score more reads, showed that, but it, it, part two, because the secret's out on him now. There's nobody going to lay off of him. He's not going to get the weaker defender anymore. They're going to put people on him to force him to pass the ball and make him make crazy shots. He can do it, but we'll see. I, I don't know. But again, it, it's great to see that this frenzy has gotten us started. This is the first week, and a lot of names have been mentioned already. How much more is supposed to happen we don't know, but it's been interesting up until this point. Mike, I need to plug, close out, shout out anything that you like to promote as we get ready to shut the doors here at the Sunday morning brunch.
1: I think, uh, real quick, this is a response. I think that whether it be this year or not, I think they're really hoping that that kid from Indiana can be that 6'7 on the ball defender for them. They like the offensive skill set that D'Angelo Russell brings to the table. But we'll see. I have questions about that that backcourt as well. Uh, first of all, man, uh, as always, much love to you, my brother. Uh, it's always good to catch up and spend some time on Sunday mornings. Um, you know, you and I spent a little time uh, over the weekend, too, and it's always a, it's always fun for me, man, and it's always a joy. And and you are definitely one of the the best blessings that I've had in my life over the last couple of years, man. I'm grateful for you every day. You're my brother. Without you, I wouldn't be here. And so I, I'm proud and, and happy to be part of the Sports City Chefs family. Uh, respect to the other chefs out there, uh, serious, villain. Um, my co-host on Thursday nights on Roundtable Gumbo, Mr. Chandler Knight, uh, he always says, man, nine eight eight option one. If you need anything, and uh, as he says to veterans, man, say yes. It gets easier to say other times too. So get out, do things. Uh, don't allow yourself to be uh, alone, man. Um, we got other shows, man. The Carlos Cookout at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday nights with the villain and the timeless, and i am try to pop in with him. Um, we'll have some front office shows and other things going up. He mentioned the free agent tracker on the sportscitychefs.com website so take a look at that. Uh we got villains been writing some articles. I got a finger foods coming up on uh LSU baseball and the LSU Tigers coming up here in the next couple of days. Uh, so check out everything we got going on, man. Like and subscribe, listen to our uh episodes. But the numbers always help us. Uh be f- sure to check out our website and everything we got going on, man. And Listen, last week before we hit the All-Star break in um, in baseball, the Las Vegas uh Aces been uh flexing their muscle a little bit on the women's side and uh basketball world championships uh coming up as well. Uh Wimbledon starting this week. Uh hot dog eating contest, but I don't really consider that too much of a sport, but you know, listen, Joey Chestnut can put him away. So, uh, listen, listen 4th of July coming up for everybody I know some people got to work on Monday But then we got Tuesday free Enjoy all the cookouts man Any of you guys playing with fireworks man Please be careful be safe um, Have a good time but Be safe as well And enjoy the extra day off For those of you that get it And for those of us that are still working that day uh, Listen let's get it in But in between time and until next time My brother much love And laissez les bon temps roulette
2: Thank you to everybody that's out there supporting us. Uh be safe out there like Mike just mentioned, man. This is a very interesting holiday where we try to enjoy this as best as can as we can. Um, to all of the lives affected from you know, back in seventeen seventy six when this country got together to now two thousand twenty three. My oldest brother was born on the fourth of July nineteen seventy six, so this day means a lot to me, um, even though he's gone, he's still with us in spirit. Been going through a lot of loss in my life, Sports City, but I'm trying to manage to stay on my feet, that is for sure. Um, yeah, man, love your loved ones. That's, that's as much as I can say. This is a holiday where we're around the family as best as possible, man. and Enjoy it, and just like Mike said, be safe. Um, SportsCityChefs.com, check out the website. The interviews, everything that we got going Uh, We're trying to stay busy Throughout the week Um, We are getting that much closer to the month of August Where football is starting to come back to the horizon Even though I know football will be littered In our conversation Some way, one way or another We will have it sprinkled in there If not, I know I'll talk I know I'll talk about it, that's for sure But as everything goes, man Tell a friend to tell a friend It's the chefs again And if they don't know Now they know
0: Sports City, Sports City, Chefs Chef, City, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, chefs. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon, they well in tune, blown like a flower in June, Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again, Sports City, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut.
2: Connecticut.
0: uh